0: That's chumbacasino.com. No
1: purchase necessary. DTW, Void are prohibited by law. See terms and conditions
0: 18 plus. Let's, uh, let's talk some basketball. Keith Smith covers of the NBA. He's on extra Twitter, Keith Smith NBA. Uh, first, good morning, Keith. How are you? I'm
1: doing well. Thank you for having me.
0: It is the eve of the NBA trade deadline. We do this every year. We wonder, will it be busy? Will it not? Will it be quiet? And yet, there's been a little bit of a trend, um, you know, in, 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 in recent years. So I'll ask you, what is that trend? been, and, and will it be busy between now and tomorrow's deadline, and if so, how busy?
1: Yeah, this year's been a little bit different than the last, I'd say, three to five years or so. Well, one of the things that's been a little bit different about it is, we've already had a lot of a lot of trades. We, we've had I think, seven total trades, and four of them were pretty big ones already. We saw Siakam, Ananobi, James Harden. I know it feels like it was forever ago, but that wasn't in-season trade. We saw the Terry Rozier trade, and then we've had a few smaller ones. So there's already been a lot of action. But normally what we see is Monday's kind of quiet, Tuesday's kind of quiet. Things pick up on Wednesday. That's when teams are starting to get a lot more serious, and a lot of teams uh, operate under, hey, let's not push this all the way to the deadline, let's try to get something done. Then we know tomorrow it'll probably be fairly uh, busiest terms of chatter um, early in the morning. Then things kind of quiet right around lunchtime. And then once we hit about 1 o'clock straight through the deadline, it'll be very busy with news breaking on deals that were reached and the like. So I think we're going to see a lot. I just don't know that we're going to see any blockbuster superstar trades like what we saw last year with Kyrie Irving, Kevin Durant. Those kind of types of guys just aren't on the market this year.
0: About an hour ago, you put a tweet out about the noise quieting down in the last week or so regarding the Magic And talks about Uh, Wendell Carter Jr. as a tweet says, the Magic are looking for upgrades. They see Carter as a core player on a great contract. So uh, an obvious question, has there been a lot of chatter? If so, why? And I know I asked you last week about the Magic. Are they aggressive in trying to upgrade or kind of, hey, give me a call and if we have to stand pat, we'll stand pat.
1: Yeah, on the Carter stuff, what I was told from multiple other teams is that it wasn't Orlando shopping Wendell Carter. It was teams were calling and asking because he is a starting-level center. Who's on less than a mid-level contract. So that's of interest to every team in the league. They'd love to have a guy like that. And Orlando pretty much shut everybody down unless it was, yeah, hey, blow us away in an offer and then we'll listen. But no, that's not where it was headed. So they, they very much see him as a big part of what they're trying to do. They think he's a great fit with Paolo and Franz on the front court. Where it sounds like they're really trying to upgrade is either at the guard position, meaning a primary ball handler playmaker or another wing Score That can come in and just ease things a little bit on Paolo and Franz. But what I've been told is the Magic are being very conscious of, one, they don't want to go too early and mess up any future flexibility that they have with their cap sheet. And they're also being very conscious of they don't want to take stuff away from Paolo and Franz. They want those guys to be their primary uh, playmakers, ball handlers, scorers. So they want somebody to come in kind of play with them and play off them versus somebody who's taking a lot off their plate. So that's a little bit of a tough needle to thread, but they, they've generally been active. It may not be anything where people are jumping up and down and playing in a parade, but I think we may see the Magic do something that helps uh, flush out their depth a little bit here in the next day or so.
0: I don't know uh, if you're comfortable, but I'm going to throw stuff out. Uh, of the players that Makes sense if teams are inquiring about, plus the contract status of some guys. Is there somebody that you'd say, okay, I'd part with? Like someone, or Markel Fultz is going to be a free agent. Um, Jalen Suggs, if you want to get something, you got to give up something. Um, people have asked about Jonathan Isaac, who and you know, the advanced numbers show he might be the most efficient defensive player when on the floor in the NBA at times, but you got to give up something to get something, so... Is there anybody that you think they might part with? Yeah, I would keep an eye on
1: you. You didn't mention him, but i keep an eye on Gary Harris just because he's a veteran role player who's on a, a very tradable contract and it's, it's an expiring deal and it feels like, yeah, we've been here before with Terry Harris in that spot and, and he stuck out. But this year, the teams, as we speak right now, knock on wood, they're much healthier at the guard position than they were a year ago. So I think we're in a spot where we could see Harris be the one who gets moved, especially if there's a sense of, Hey, we're, we're not going to. Do anything this summer. We're, we're, we're going to probably part ways. Maybe they move on. And I've also gotten a sense that they're at least open to talking about Markel Fultz, maybe a little bit about Jonathan Isaac. Isaac's conversations seem to have kind of quieted a little bit in the last uh, week or so, too, as he's played really, really well and proven like, hey, you can play him with Paul and Franz because. You kind of, I don't know if you call him or follow the five, but, but you're big enough, you could do a lot of stuff. And that's, that's kind of changed the calculus a little bit. So I would say Gary Harris, potentially Markel Fultz, those are the guys. And then, of course, you go a little bit further down the roster. Guys like Tumo KK, uh, Batadze, Caleb Houston, those are all guys that could have some interest as well. And the Magic do have an extra draft pick or two that they're working with also, that they could potentially throw in a deal if they needed to.
0: heat has got a great column at spot Rec, uh on the NBA buyout market. <clears throat> and I'll say this, could the Magic find some help there? And as you put, there's some interesting names um, that, that that might take the buyout here. Uh, so give me thoughts. Is that a place the Magic might get some help? And what might the buyout market be?
1: They, they could. Now, that would mean for them, because they're not sitting on an open roster spot, so that would mean that they, they would have to give up uh, some – someone and wave a player to create that open roster spot. So that's going to be something where we're going to keep an eye on here. Is that that a direction they want to go? Or do they do an unbalanced trade uh, where they they trade two guys out and bring one back and that kind of opens things up. So that I, I think the Magic could go that direction, I think. It's probably more likely if they do that, I would keep an eye on maybe a veteran guard that can come in because they're below the apron. Orlando could sign anybody who who reaches a buyout agreement. And, you know, maybe a guy like Kyle Lowry could be someone who says, you know what? I can help Orlando. I can lift them. Uh, I, I don't have to leave Florida. I can stay in the state, uh, you know, there, and I can help lift them into being a, a real playoff team, and may, maybe a frisky one at that. And that could be a direction that they go. But I, and whether it's the buyout market or a trade, I expect Orlando to do something to the under Jeff Weltman's uh, regime, they, they've not sat that yet through a trade deadline.
0: All right, Joel Embiid may be out uh, uh, at at least a month. It's significant. The Cavs now are number two in the East. Um, With Julius Randle out, the Knicks had a nice win streak, lost the Lakers, got back on the win side. But give me first on on, on Philadelphia. I don't know what they could do except just write it out and say, hey, we'll get them back wherever seed we are, we are. But thoughts on the impact of Embiid's injury?
1: I was waiting for you to work the Knicks in there. I knew it was coming. Thank you. (laughs) They, They are playing great, though. The Cavs are both they're, they're playing unbelievable basketball. They're both nine and one in their last ten games. They both had uh you know pretty long win streaks this year and, and with the Bucks sliding back a little bit and then the Philadelphia injuries, there's a lot of people who are like, Yeah, we might see Celtics Cavs Knicks as the top three by the time the playoffs roll around. The Bucs are also, Damian Lillard's a little bit banged up. Chris Middleton's sprained an ankle last night. The Bucs have been a very poor road team this year. So there's a lot of stuff working against them. And then with Embiid and Philly, there's a belief that they're still in the market to make upgrades. They, they, they've not ruled out Joe be getting back at some point this year. I think we'll know a lot more about that over the next couple of days uh, where that could be, but Philly is, is they're trying to thread a very difficult needle. Uh, Daryl Morey is in that it is they want to get guys who can help them now, but they also want to keep cap space for next summer. And that, that's something that can be very, very hard to do. So I mean, we've kind of all eyes on them a little bit to see what they do. Because they've got a ton of expiring contracts, but there's a sense that it's Boston, and then Milwaukee and Philly were kind of. The two and three teams, but now that may be a 5 teams here uh, with Cleveland and New York, who they also may have a move uh, left in them over the next day or so, too.
0: Uh, they beat the Magic last night, but uh, I'm not quite sure that Pat Roddy believes this team can win the NBA Finals, and even though last year they made the run from the seed they were, I'm not quite sure they can duplicate that, but I- I'm curious, what can they do tomorrow? It's not like they've got pieces to make a move tomorrow of significance, do they?
1: Yeah, they really don't. They might do something small, uh, here or there. They, they may make a move where they get themselves, you know, under the, the, the tax apron and then maybe they can get in position to, to be a bio type of team. And nobody's better at manipulating the salary captain, Andy Ellsberg, who runs the, the Miami front office from that uh, point of view. So I, I think there's for the Heat. It's more of they made their move. They went and got Terry Rogier, uh for Kyle Lowry. They feel like that was an upgrade for them. It hasn't turned out that way just yet. But you know, with Miami, I, my my approach with them is they're, they're like the the horror movie villain. You have to you know cut the head off, you know, separate it from the body, burn the body and the head, and then bury the ashes in separate corners of the country and hope that that's enough to get rid of them because they never quite seem to go away.
0: Um. Look, uh, uh, there's four teams tied to the top of the West, which makes for exciting basketball down the stretch. The team has played 49 games, and the guy that has been a poster child of load management, you have to give Kawhi Leonard credit because he's played in 45 of 49 games for the Clippers. They seem to be getting along, and I think they might be the best team in the NBA at the moment. Your thoughts?
1: Yeah, they, they might be. I mean, I, I've been saying it for a couple of weeks now. I, I'm ready to get get hurt again and look dumb again by believing in in this Clippers team. I, I think I picked them to go to the NBA Finals the last three years in a row. uh, Preseason in, in that this year, I was finally. Out on them, and here they come. And you know, Denver's going to have a lot to say. I think the Nuggets are are kind of doing that. All right, we we're, we're ready for the playoffs. We the regular season just something we got to get through that we often see with championship teams. But the Clippers are deep. Talk about another team too. They have another move in them as well. They got PJ Tucker doesn't play for them. Doesn't want to be there. and He's got a nice contract where they could go make another rotation upgrade if they moved Tucker. Um, and they, we know they'll take on money. Steve. Ball Palmer doesn't really care about that uh, part of it. He's happy to take on money if he believes it's going to help push them closer to a title. And as as far as Kawhi goes, this is the best he's played since that uh, NBA title run with the Raptors. He's been unbelievable. He's been available. You know, Paul George is playing well. James Harden has fit in perfectly uh, with that team. And, again, they've got great depth at just about every spot. So really, really tough team right now there in L.A.
0: Last one. It's crazy, but... In in some ways, the basketball business part of it you can understand, but the optics and the value you probably can't. But more people have written about, hey, the Lakers ought to think about trading LeBron James. I don't know what that market is. I don't know what fair value back is. You know the contract situation for next year and and is willing to commit or not commit. Is it that crazy? And what is the market if there was a market?
1: Yeah, I mean the market is – 29 other teams picked up the phone and say, well, "Right, what do we got to do?" Right, because it's still LeBron James. But realistically, it's not. LeBron does not have a no-trade clause, so he can't block a trade. But you're going to work with him, if if we did get to a point where he's going to be traded, Rich Paul came out and said. He's not going to be traded, you know, ahead of the trade deadline. And, and I think the Lakers are smart enough to know, yeah, that doesn't make sense for us. There's nothing we could do that's going to make us drastically better now and, you know, for the next couple of years in a LeBron trade that, that our fans are going to buy. They're also very well known for they take care of their guys there in LA. So I think it's, this is more of a situation where what I was told was nothing's going to happen before Thursday. But when the draft comes around, if Ronnie enters the draft and he's in a spot where, all right, you know, he's going to be picked by a team that uh, could conceivably acquire LeBron, then we'll see. He'll have his player option decision by then. Uh, It'll be a spot where he could pick that up to facilitate a trade or opt out and go somewhere else. So I, I don't think it's a lock. He's with the Lakers next year, but he's going to be a Laker through the rest of the season for sure.
0: There's not a mock draft that has Ronnie James anywhere near it, but I get it. I know what you're saying, um, and, and that could be a fascinating story. Please uh, follow Keith on X and Twitter, uh, Keith NB. It's going to be a very busy couple of days, and he's locked in with a bunch of stuff. Thank you, Keith. Appreciate it.
1: I appreciate it. Thank you for having me.
0: Uh, Cam Miller normally joins us on Thursdays with his football segment on uh, college football, the NFL draft. Cam's uh, got some commitments tomorrow. Uh, He offered to come on today. I said, sure. So he'll be on next. Recap of the Shrine and the Senior Bowl, how it's impacted some uh, draft thoughts moving forward. We'll get to Cam next.
1: Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess. Aha, in my dentist's office.